Hey friends, welcome to Boca, a podcast exploring the ever-blurring lines between the personal and business lives of professional photographers. This is your host, Nathan Holritz, and I'm happy that you can join me today in connecting with photographers and entrepreneurs as we discuss photography, business, and oh yeah, that sometimes messy thing that we call life. This podcast is brought to you by Photographer's Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. All right, Boca Podcast listeners, we are here for yet another episode of the Boca Podcast. And I'm here with, this is a bit of an anomaly for the podcast. This, you may be certainly one of the first non-photographers, Jacqueline, that we've had on the Boca Podcast. Thank you for making time for us. Thank you for having me. And you, you were pronouncing your name for me before we got started, Maluk. Is that Maluk. correct? Mm-hmm. Okay. That's right. So you are a makeup artist. Is, I that, am. A, is that a good title? Sure. I want to make sure I'm using the right words. Yes, okay. makeup artist is a good title. All right, perfect. So we're here right now at the United Conference. I'm going to be doing a number of interviews here in Phoenix, Arizona. Beautiful. We're actually sitting outside. So if you hear cars go by in the background or you know planes, there's actually a plane taking off now. That's why. And I love the this environment, first of all, but then the opportunity to actually do conversation in person. It's not something I normally get to do with the podcast. So this is a, a treat. And again, something kind of different for the podcast where we're going to be talking, uh, having conversation with Jacqueline, who is not a photographer, but very much is connected to photographers. And we'll get into this in a little bit more detail here in just a second. Um, and your perspective is something that I'm really curious to get, and I think will be helpful for our listeners. So we'll get to that in just a little bit. But let's just start with, like we normally do, you're a business owner, and running a business can take up a lot of time. So the idea that you can run a business and still have a life, this is a, a concept that is foreign to, I think, a lot of business owners, photography business owners in particular. I'm curious what you do to be able to run a business, but then simultaneously still make time for yourself and for your family. So one of the things that I like to do to make time is, well, let's just back up a little bit. I'm a creative person. So one of the things that I struggle with is structure. And I think that that's something that a lot of people who are creative struggle with that because we feel like uh, structure takes away our freedom. Yeah. I, I think it's natural, this human tendency to fight right. that that. <laughs> idea that somebody else somehow has or something has some control over how you want to live that's right yeah and what I find is if I actually if I make a plan before I go to bed if I plan out my next day Mm. that's what's actually going to help create more freedom not less so and that's something that I daily I I struggle with it a lot but I I realize that if I do make a plan the day before I get so much more accomplished so my tip as I guess you would say is definitely if you can make the time to make t- make a plan for the next day because it really does help. That totally makes sense. So I, I love this because it is an idea that we've talked about on the podcast before and that is the notion that being a business owner and, and innate to being a business owner I hope is having a little bit of structure, a little bit of discipline is not mutually exclusive with creativity, that you can actually have both. And more specifically, the very idea that you prom- you're promoting, which is a little bit of structure actually creates space. Instead of this kind of haphazard existence where you're constantly reacting to everything that's coming in, um, that you actually create some structure, a little bit of organization to your day. So you know, hey, during this time frame, I'm spending time doing this thing. This time frame, I'm doing this, this thing. And then this time, 
I'm, I'm taking a break. I'm setting my computer and my phone aside and I'm focusing on, I'm, I'm just, I'm, medita- I'm meditating or I'm spending time with my family or yeah. I'm reading a book or whatever it might be. Definitely. And for me, actually, I feel some days, some days I map it out hour by hour and I find that the days that I do that, mm. I, I get more accomplished than I have sometimes in a week. So... It's really important. That's a great, great point too. And I've noticed that even um, just the other day as I was getting ready to come to the conference, I'd, I'd set, basically set some goals for myself as to certain things that I wanted to make sure I got done before I left. Mm-hmm. And when you put yourself in a sort of time crunch where you create a time limit for yourself, mm-hmm. it does force you to work a little bit more efficiently and to get that thing done. And like you said, you can be so much more productive as a result. And I think kind of that comes from, I think that that comes from, Uh, Creative people tend to be more productive when they are in a time crunch because they get very resourceful Mm. and they, I think that brings out sometimes a little bit more creativity. So I think having a structure that gives you an actual deadline for something sometimes will help you to release more creativity. It's a good idea. And and I can't encourage our listeners enough to, to really take and at least try this idea out. Mm-hmm. Because I think there is a natural apprehension, as you pointed out, about the idea of structure and maybe even kind of a, a sense of your day being micromanaged. I mean, the idea of planning hour by hour seems a little bit intense. It does. But the fact that it can translate to a certain level of productivity, which may not be the norm, which then means that you have, maybe you could even set aside a whole day for shooting or some creative project or just, again, going out and sitting by the pool. I, although I, I know it's, we're, we're in winter technically or no, fall. late fall yes. technically. <laughs> Where I live back home, it's starting to get pretty cold. Here in Arizona, it'd be nice to sit out by the pool. Whatever it is that you might enjoy doing, reading a book, spending time with significant other or family or otherwise, taking advantage of the opportunity as a business owner to create that kind of space for yourself that a lot of people don't have the privilege, especially if they're working in a corporate job, to have that kind of freedom to be able to have that time. I think it's great. I think this is a really balanced approach. And uh, we're going to talk a little bit more about your creative tendencies, especially when it comes to makeup here in just a second. But I appreciate you sharing that, that technique for time, that tip for time. Speaking of free time, I'm curious how you do like to spend it. I mean, I was throwing random ideas out there like sitting by the pool or reading, but how do you like to spend your time? So I am very family oriented. So I like to spend my free time with my family. I have uh, four kids and a husband, so I stay very busy with that. But I also have an extended family that's close by. So we like to get together every Sunday. We go to my parents' house and have pizza. So it's a family tradition. And so I do really enjoy those times where I can actually just relax, play a game with my kids, um, make a meal with my husband. I am not the chef he is, but okay. I do like, I like to spend time with him. So yeah. being in the kitchen with him is, is a nice way to spend my free time. There, there is something about, I love making a meal with my girlfriend as well. You mm-hmm. get some wine, put some music on yeah. a little bit of dancing Definitely. here and there <laughs> making something about making a new recipe, which can be a lot of fun too. Mm-hmm. I, I love that. Um, do your kids join the the party when it sometimes, comes to making food? Okay, sometimes they do. We're we used to do that a lot with our older two kids, but okay. our younger girls are just they're starting to starting to do a little bit more of that. I love that. That's really cool. So, something random about yourself. Uh, I this is kind of a fun question that we ask here on the podcast. 
most people maybe wouldn't know, at least if they went to your website or otherwise, that they wouldn't find out. What is something totally random about you, Jacqueline? Okay, so when I started, when I graduated from high school, I actually went to nursing school. Really? And okay. yeah, so I started out in that. And it was because, I think because I had people suggesting what I should do. And I think that a lot of times we make decisions based on what other people think we should be doing. So I, that's what I did. I went to nursing school. And then from there, I decided that that really wasn't for me because even though I enjoyed being around people, I did not enjoy seeing them feel not feeling well mm. or having to inflict pain upon them. <laughs> yeah. And so then I went to uh, broadcast journalism. Really? Yes. And I was only in a local community college for a little bit of time doing broadcast journalism, but I decided that I needed to make some extra money. So I had a friend who was doing home cosmetics and asked me if I wanted to sell them. And I, so I tried that and I, that's when I actually stumbled into the world of beauty and I kind of never looked back after that. Wow. Okay. Yeah. So, but this path to beauty was a relatively long one. I mean, what, what was the time frame between, I mean, when you started in nursing uh, and then move to, I mean, we got to, to, to beauty. What was that time frame? So it was probably a period of about two and a half years. Okay. Yeah. So I did, I did nursing school for about a year and a half and then I went into broadcast journalism for about a year. And then in that process, I, I discovered beauty and decided to go to cosmetology school. And it was quite a long, long journey after I went to cosmetology school to get to where I am today. Okay. Yeah. But, um, and we'll yeah. get into that here in just a little yeah. bit, but I think there's something to be said too, for at least try like trying your hand at different things right. to land on the thing that you end up spending your life doing maybe mm -hmm. because you can, you can say, well, you know what? I at least tried this thing. I tried this thing. I know this is what I want to do. Well, and I think one of the things that's also maybe a not well-known fact about me is that whenever I started in beauty, I never imagined that I would spend the rest of my life doing it. Interesting. I okay. think a lot of people find something and they're, they just know this is what I want to do for the entire rest of my life. And it, for me, it wasn't that. It was just a real growing process. Yeah. Yeah. So I can see that. I, for me, entrepreneurship is, is the draw. I've been in the photo industry now for close to 20 years, which is crazy to say. There's something, though, about the photo industry that really draws me in. We're at this conference right now, and the, the most appealing element of this conference to me is the community. And the idea of getting out of the industry and missing out on that, I don't know if I could handle that. Right. Entrepreneurship is what drives what I do, um, or the desire for it, the enjoyment of it. But ultimately, the community has just been incredible. And so I can see myself in the industry for the foreseeable future at this point. But I, I also know what you mean where you, I don't know. I, I think there's at least for somebody like myself, maybe you're, you can relate to this. There's an, I, there's this notion of wanting to know the future. Um, it brings a sense of calm and stability and control ultimately. Right. Uh, but I think it's okay not to know. Mm -hmm. And you, you take the step knowing what you know in the moment, you go ahead and make the decision, make the move then understanding and being okay with the idea that doesn't have to be all figured out and planned out and perfect that you can just take it, take it as it comes and make adjustments and course correct as necessary. Mm -hmm. I think there's something wonderful about that. I think that that is something that is really important, and but it's hard. It's mm. hard, especially when you like to be in control <laughs> it's and, you, and you like to have control of things. And I think sometimes it immobilizes us because we feel like we, we're going to do this because it's going to pr produce this result. And 
when it doesn't, then we do have to readjust. Mm. So being flexible is also very important. But I do think that what you're saying about doing, I always say, uh, sometimes my mom will say things to me like, well, could I have done this better or could I have done that better when we were growing up? And I say, well, mom, you did the best you could with what you knew at the time. And I think that that's really how we have to live our lives. We have to use, like you said, the knowledge that we have and, Mm -hmm. and do what we know with it and go from there. Yeah. And it's, it sounds cliche, but it's so true. And I'm realizing this now and and there's a sense of relief accepting that, Mm -hmm. which has been absolutely, I mean, it's been wonderful for me. I have my, because of my background, I'm very much the perfectionist type. And so the idea of knowing that things are exactly what they quote should be, Mm -hmm. which is of course in and of itself uh, a misnomer, but is I, that was just a tendency that I had. So kind of letting go of that and mm-hmm. going with the flow more is so much more enjoyable. Definitely. <laughs> I, I'm curious what an impactful book, a particularly impactful book has been in your life. Well, I would say that the most impactful book in my life has been the Bible. I, I think that of it as a guidebook. And even though I might not always live everything out the way I sh- exactly should, I do believe that there is a lot of inspiration in there. I have some specific parts that I go back to time and again when I need that encouragement and also when I need a guide of what to do. So so that's been super impactful in my life. Also, there's a book by Zig Ziglar called Born to Win. And what I really like about that book is it talks about your identity and then also the hope that you need to keep moving forward. Mm. And so it, it ha- basically lays out a plan for success. When you say hope, are you talking about the idea of motivation, like what drives yes. you? Yes. And that's so huge. It is okay. huge. And the cool thing about that book is I read it many, many years ago. And it was at the time, Zig Ziglar was the Tony Robbins of the day, you know, mm-hmm. and so a very inspirational speaker. But I've just recently revisited that and gone back to it. And I'm now reading it again. And then there's also a book that's on my wish list. And it's called Leave Your Mark by Jay Williams. Okay. Well, we'll make sure. I mean, obviously, everybody knows where to find a Bible, but we'll make sure to link to the other two <laughs> books in the of show course. notes for those who are curious. And by the way, for those of you listening in, bokehpodcast.com, B-O-K-E-H podcast.com, while you may be listening to this podcast on a podcast app, that the show notes that we have at, uh, at bokehpodcast.com are a massive, massive resource. We're, we're close to 200 episodes now, and there's so much information in each of these episodes, and uh, Haley so wonderfully puts together these show notes. So make sure you check it out, bokehpodcast.com, and all of the, the resources and books and so forth that we mentioned today, you'll be able to check those out there. But let's talk about your business as okay. a makeup artist. Sure. Uh, you mentioned a little bit of the backstory earlier, but talk to us about how long you've been in business and, and what that, that whole process of getting started looked like for you. So I have been in the industry since 1990. Okay. So that's a pretty long time. A little bit. But I actually started out working in a salon for someone else. And then I opened my own salon. And I had my salon for 23 years. Wow. And last year I closed in April and decided to focus on special occasion full time. Okay. And I've had a special occasion team since 2007. Okay. So what, talk to us a little bit more. We were talking about motivation, the idea of motivation a Mm -hmm. second ago, but what was the big motivation? You alluded to creativity earlier. Would you say that was the biggest motivating factor starting a business like this or what was behind it? So I think for me, I, because I 
I love to travel. I love to meet new people. And so starting the special occasion business, the motivation for that was because I my salon was located in a small town with a very small population. And so I was seeing the same people over and over again. And although I love them and I love the relationships with them, I did long to get out and meet new people. And so I started doing weddings on site and just slowly build up a team of girls that would come along and do that with me. And then most recently, I've, I have started working more closely with photographers on my own. So my team is still doing what we've been doing for the last 11 years, but I am actually trying to build even deeper relationships with photographers and be more of um, an on-site presence during an event. And we're going to get into the relationships with the photographers a little bit more in depth here in just a second. But there are a lot of makeup artists out there. Uh, yes, there are. What is your business's brand position? I mean, we're, you're in a similar boat that we might be in the photo industry and that there are a lot of photographers as well. So we talk about this idea of brand position a lot on the, on the podcast. It's important to figure out ways that we can set ourselves apart from other photographers. I'm sure you're in a similar boat with makeup artists. So what is your business's brand position and how do you effectively communicate that to a potential client? So, um, we talked a little bit about values earlier. I was talking about Jay Williams' book, Leave Your Mark, and Jay has influenced me a lot with talking through his seminars about values. And so we sat down and we came up with a list of values for Beautiful Dream Team. And those values included um, dedication, professionalism, teamwork, and education. But teamwork is really, really important because it requires working together with somebody to meet a common goal. And I think for me, that is really what sets me personally and hopefully our whole team apart from a lot of other makeup artists because a lot of makeup artists want to come in, do the job, collect the money and leave. Hmm. We want to actually work together with the photographer, with the bride to create this basically like a vision not necessarily just okay we're gonna do our separate thing and leave and go we're we're trying to consider all aspects while we're there okay so and and by the way you mentioned beautiful dream team that is your website so for those of you listening in make sure you check out Jacqueline's website beautifuldreamteam.com this idea of what what kind of popped into my my mind was the word experience we talk a lot about experience here at the podcast but the, the notion of somebody just jumping in, doing the job and walking away. I, I think it's interesting because in modern culture, I, I think less and less you're able to get away with that as a business owner because people are so in tune with the idea of a better experience, a better service. And you're playing to that very idea, which is interesting. But even more so, you're not just considering your team. You're, talking, you're, you're looking at the other vendors there on site as part of the the team that's providing this overall experience to the client. And I think that is what differentiates us because we're not just looking at it from a makeup artist or beauty standpoint only. We are realizing that at least I, at least I as a business owner do realize that, and I've had production experience. So I think that that is, has been helpful as well, but I think realizing that it's, it's, there's a, it's a bigger picture than just putting on some blush and, doing someone's hair you know it's more it's deeper than that well and it's not just about us right in the end it's it's never actually it's not about us at all (laughs) (laughs) and making it about about not only the client the other people in the the client but also those that we're working with there on site 
um, it makes it a better experience for everyone involved, which is, is so important. And it seems to go without saying, but I think that's forgotten a lot about in, in business. So I, lo- I love the focus that you have on that. I, and we're going to get, again, in, into more depth about this experience and the relationships that you've created, particularly with photographers, uh, in just a second. But I am curious, this is something that we ask in the podcast quite a bit, well, what's the toughest lesson that you've learned as a business owner so far? And what, what have you learned from that? What have you taken away from that and applied to, to how you run your business? I think that the toughest lesson that I've learned, and I've been doing this for a long time, so I've had a lot of lessons, obviously. And I think we get a new lesson each time we do something. Hmm. But I think that the hardest thing for me to remember is that people, or the hardest thing that I've learned is people are not going to be a copy of me. I, I've never really, I've never really liked it. I've kind of cringed when people say they do want to be like me. But I think because partly because I know there's so many flaws there. Hmm. But I think that when we bring people on, when we bring people onto our team, we, and I'm saying we as anybody who owns their own business, I think that we expect sometimes a level of them becoming us and and delivering results the same way we do. Ah, uh, yeah. And I think that, so the lesson is that a good result can still be delivered even if it's not delivered exactly the way you would have done it. Interesting. And so just educating them, being able to see the gold in my teammates and seeing where their gifts lie and being able to bring that out, that that being able to do that I think is I think that it's a challenge. And so I think that's been that's been kind of a tough lesson for me because I think sometimes I think it should just come easier than it does. And so my expectations are a little bit high. Okay. And and but I but I want to I want to be the kind of leader that brings out the best in the people that are with me. But I think it's so important. I mean, we're running, a lot of our listeners are, are likely sole proprietors. Mm-hmm. They may not have a team that they're working mm-hmm. with, but if, if they're outsourcing or delegating anything. Or even working, or even working in a collaboration with other vendors, that's kind that's your team. You have to look at it that way, that when you go on site to a wedding, the florist, even though you might never see her, she's one of your teammates. The photographer who you're likely going to see is one of your teammates. The bride is one of your teammates and the bridesmaids. And so you have to look at those people and think, okay, how are we going to bring this all together and make it work and have it be what the bride's vision is? Or, But acknowledging that, that our way is not the only way it requires kind of setting our ego aside it, it which does. is easy to get caught up in as it, artist types yes, and definitely. business owners right but mm-hmm. we have to set the ego aside what I was getting to earlier is the idea that we anytime delegation is involved anytime you are working with other people you have to play the role of a manager mm-hmm. or you are a manager really is what it comes down to and I think a lot of photographers aren't used to that because they're sole proprietors they're always in their own space doing their own thing however they want to do it and the, the process of communication that is required in delegation and being a manager is a little bit of a foreign concept. And so, first of all, learning how to effectively communicate what it is that you want done to somebody else is important. But then secondly, and to your point, and I think it's a really good one and extremely relevant, certainly to our business at Photographer's Edit, but just in general, when it comes to delegation as a business owner, setting aside uh, your preferences at times for the sake of, or, or, for the 
I really the sake of the realization, which is that your way is not the only way, I think is is really, really important lesson. And it's a good reminder. So I appreciate you bringing that up. Mm-hmm. Let's let's get into this relationship that you've continued to refer to with photographers, because this is interesting. And I think I love the word perspective. I, I've gained personally, just in my personal life, so much perspective over the last eight to 10 years or so. I've, I've learned a lot. Perspective is everything. And what I wanted to do today was to bring your perspective as a makeup artist, uh, talking a little bit about how we can have a better relationship as photographers with a makeup artist to bring that perspective to our listeners. And so I appreciate you making time to, to do this. But how many, just for the sake of perspective, um, speaking of, mm-hmm. how many portrait sessions or weddings have you done makeup for over the years at this point, would you say? So if we were going to lump together the portrait sessions and the weddings, I'm, I mean, I'm going to guess, I haven't kept track, but I've probably done around 600 weddings. Wow. And then productions, individual, like productions for film or commercials, photo shoots, that kind of thing. I've definitely done a couple hundred of those. So it's, I, I don't know exactly, but I have a little bit of experience. <laughs> well, and that's really what I wanted to highlight here is mm-hmm. you bring a lot of experience to the table. You've worked with a lot of photographers as a result. And so this relationship with a photographer is something you're quite familiar with. Um, talk to us, first of all, about that, that very idea. What is the significance of the relationship for you as a makeup artist to the photographer? How do you see the photographer? And again, I, I want to have this conversation for the sake of perspective for our listeners as photographers. They may not normally, they may be focused, for example, more on a wedding coordinator on the wedding day. Mm-hmm. But I really want them to think about how they can better interact with a makeup artist. How do you see the photographer? So I think... Uh, one of the things that I was thinking about when I thought about our conversation was sometimes photographers will come in and, and look at us as the glam squad or, okay. you know, and they don't take the time to say hello, shake our hand, hmm. introduce themselves. Okay. We all have names and they, as well as they have names too. You're so not just the makeup artist. I encourage, <laughs> I encourage, right, exactly. And so I and I'm actually, I'm Jacqueline Malouk and I happen to do makeup, you yeah, know? So yeah. I think that that's, I think that that is just on a very, very basic level. I know it sounds kind of silly, but I think just taking the time to introduce yourself, it, hmm. it only takes a second. Yeah. And, um, I try to encourage all of our girls to do that, but I always make an effort to go right up to the photographer and introduce myself because I know they're capturing images of all my work. Mm-hmm. So if I want to see any of that, I have to make sure that I make a connection with them. So that's just super, super basic. But but I think it's important to note, too. I mean, engage with another human being like they're an individual human being mm-hmm. and not just like they're a, 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 an accessory to the day. Right. And it seems like such a simple notion, mm-hmm. but I'm still amazed that any time that I engage someone, especially someone that I don't know, off the bat in conversation that has some depth, the amount of surprise that I get in response to that is it's, it's fascinating to me, mm-hmm. but people aren't used to being engaged in not just a, out of formality, but out of a genuine desire to connect and making that effort to do so at a very root level, I think is so important. And I think that some of that, some of what, some of what you're talking about is so, it's so important because 
I think we spend so much time not being connected because of our devices. Mm. You know, they're so close mm-hmm. at hand all the time and we're constantly looking at that. So actually to look somebody in the face and talk to them face to face and and realize that that may be the only face to face contact that they have had in a long time. I think that that's really important because it makes you it makes if you think about it, it makes you realize that that is what could have a really big impact in someone else's life. It, it's a great starting point, but you're right. Like you wouldn't think that something so simple could make such mm-hmm. an impact, but just making a, a genuine effort, wholehearted effort at connection and ideally with some depth, you know, that, that surface level conversation stuff, it just happens so much and people, it becomes robotic and mm-hmm. kind of automatic Definitely. and there's very little effort that you goes into You say, hi, it. how are you? Fine. How are you? And sometimes you say, how are you? Three or four times and don't even realize that you've done it because mm-hmm. you're not really focused in, in the moment and, mm-hmm. and listening to the person's response. I think that one of the reasons that we don't get that from photographers and I'm kind of like jumping off subject and I think maybe this is something you were going to touch on, but I think one of the reasons we may not get that from photographers when they arrive is because if we are still working and they're expecting to shoot when they get there, that can kind of take them aback because we're not done with our job and they're ready to start theirs. Uh, That is something that is a differentiator for us. We are very, very mindful about the fact that we should be almost 100% complete whenever the photographer arrives. Hmm. And if we're not, Most of the time, it's because our bride was late or the mother was being difficult or the bridesmaids were giving us trouble. So I think that that's something that photographers maybe need to think about when they arrive. Like maybe that was the case. If they work with someone consistently who's late, obviously they're not going to be happy about that. But I think that instead of just assuming, oh, they don't, they don't respect my time. They don't care that I have to start. Maybe just think about the fact that maybe something went wrong for them and they're doing their best to get things moving so that I can do my job. Empathy. Yeah. Very, very root level. I mean, we we deal with this all the time Mm -hmm. as wedding photographers or portrait photographers for that matter. Mm Uh, that you know something happens out of our control mm-hmm. uh, as the photographer, in your case, the makeup artist. It's on the client. There's little you can do about it. Um, so just having a little bit of empathy in that is is important to to the interaction, right? Just to, again, as as if you're about to create a relationship of some kind, even a simple relationship with um, or the beginning of a relationship with a makeup artist, a little bit of empathy innate to that interaction is, is so so important. Definitely, that's Definitely. really great. Talk to us a little bit about the collaboration, though, because we're talking about how how to begin a relationship. Empathy is important. I mean, just engaging somebody like a fellow human being who, who has various needs emotionally or otherwise, but ultimately wants to connect, wants a connection, engaging them, uh, engaging with them as such is important. But when you're talking about the idea of working with a makeup artist, I mean, as photographers, I know that I'm going to put a lot of importance on, uh, or place a lot of importance on what the makeup artist is going to do for the look of the bride, because that's going to translate to, or, or for the look of the subject, if it's a portrait session, that's going to translate to the imagery. What is your experience um, with photographers when it comes to this idea of working together, collaboration? So I think that, I think that a lot of photographers, when they're approached by a makeup artist, a lot of photographers will be intrigued 
because a lot of photo- a lot of times makeup artists don't make that effort to have the relationship with the photographer. So that's something I'm kind of trying to work on in the makeup artist world, trying to to reach out to them and let them know that when we are in a collaboration, it is super important to build that relationship with the photographer. Once you apply makeup to the bride, bridesmaids, family, whoever's getting makeup done, do you usually leave at that point or do you stay around during the, the day? So that's one of the things that I am... I'm personally working on that this year, launching something, a new service for photographers. I've been marketing it to brides, but brides sometimes don't see the importance of having someone stay with them throughout the day, unless they're planning a big hair change or makeup change for their, for their reception. So for a photographer, what I would like to offer is have a service where I'm actually on site as their basically as their assistant, as wow. their production assistant. Okay. But I'm I'd also be hyper focused on the beauty aspect of it for the bride during those session photos, like the the post photography and things like that. Because sometimes you get one photo of grandpa and his hair sticking straight up in the air, but you <laughs> right. didn't notice it because right. the kid was screaming in the front and you were focused on trying to get him to look at the camera. Yeah. And so I think sometimes just having that extra person and that extra set of eyes there is really great for photographers to have that. Yep. And so I would like to work as a detail manager and be there just to help with that portion of it through okay. the day. And this so- is uh, this is an interesting idea. I mean, we, photographers have assistants mm-hmm. from time to time that, that might help with gear or maybe occasionally adjust the bride's dress. Mm-hmm. But to have somebody that's focused specifically on making sure that those pictures are going to be pretty, like that is their only focus, mm-hmm. that'd be pretty brilliant. Yeah. So um, I think I think it's a great business idea. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Especially great. if it's at a price point that's affordable either to the, to the bride or to the, the photographer or both. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that would be really interesting. Well, and a lot of brides will purchase our, they'll purchase our package for us to come beforehand and they and then like I said we leave we leave them touch up lip color but it doesn't it doesn't account for if something happens with their dress and they need it pinned or if they somebody comes and really smudges their lipstick or it could be any number of things but yeah so we do offer that but sometimes brides don't foresee the value in that and I think that connecting with photographers even if it's just a standpoint of education so mm-hmm. that they can educate the brides that hey it is it is pretty important if you're if you want these images to look great having somebody there who can touch you up throughout the day might be a great thing for you to have yeah. and if a photographer sees a value in that perhaps it's not even something that the bride is going to purchase but maybe the photographer would have it in their package and they could pass that along to the bride that's a really, really great idea. I'm, I'm, I'm 110% behind it. <laughs> Thank you. I think it's really great, though. But it, I want to go back to kind of some of these talking points. And they're simple ideas, but important, again, for the sake of perspective for photographers who are listening in. Um, first of all, the significance of just actually making an effort at a relationship, mm-hmm. treating that makeup artist not as the makeup artist, but right. as an individual engaging with them as such. I think it's so, so important. Um, understanding the significance of the collaboration and, and more specifically the importance of communication. I love, I love this idea of 
actually having a conversation with a makeup artist about how the color palette for the day is going to translate to the photos and how that then also translate to um, the, the way that the photographs look in conjunction with the details that the bride had so you know taken so much time to plan and think through. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a really interesting conversation that as a wedding photographer for over a decade, I, I never would have thought that that was even an option. So I love this idea. Um, and then understanding, too, that there's something else that you mentioned to me ahead of our conversation, which is the significance of timing. Right. And I'd love for you to kind of communicate or to, to share your thoughts on this. Uh, I, I, you, you alluded to this earlier. I mean, the importance of empathy when it comes to understanding that the makeup artist is dealing with the same variables that are out of your control as we are as photographers. I think that's a great starting place. But talk to us a little bit more about timing and how that relates to your relationship with a photographer. So one of the things that I've learned over the years with timing is that if we're doing a wedding party, now obviously this is a little different if we're just dealing with a bride or a very intimate wedding or elopement or something like that, but if we're dealing with a wedding party that is the bride plus two moms and five maids, we will bring the number of people on site that need that can accommodate that number in a set amount of time. But I think one of the things that is so important for timing is that the photographer conveys to the bride because I don't know what it is I don't know what it is but sometimes when it comes from the photographer I think it seems a little bit more impactful important okay and yeah impactful is a nicer word I guess than important but I think that if the photographer can say trust your makeup artist on the timing like if if they told you that you need to start at 6 a.m. for a 2 p.m. wedding interesting then trust them and that, of course, has a, a, a most snowball effect on the timing for everybody else that day. So exactly. naturally, it's going to affect the, the photographer was, as well. It's funny because I was actually talking to a couple of photographers last night here, and we talked about timing. And they were saying, oh, you know, it's, it's so frustrating when we get there and the makeup artist is still working. And, like, you can see that there's no end in sight, that yeah. they are actively doing their services and it's going to be a while. And I said, one of the things that we do is we try to educate our brides up front and say, we need four hours of your time. And if your photographer is arriving at this certain time, we're going to give ourselves a 30-minute buffer. Hmm. And then our four hours starts before that. So we actually want to be finished 30 minutes before the photographer arrives. That's that's our goal. Wow. And a lot of times they will ask us, can you stick around and do a couple touch-up photos at the end and things like that? And of course we will accommodate that. But I think that another thing that might, this just kind of popped into my head, but one thing that might be helpful to photographers is even if you just find out who the makeup artist is and reach out to them before the wedding, yeah. just reach out and say, hey, I'm the photographer and... I just was wondering what your timeline is, if that's a concern, because I know that timing is so, so important. And if you, it's kind of like when you worked in a salon, if you're late with the very first person of the day, you're going to be late at the end. Right. And that concept follows through. And if you go in a doctor's office and the doctor's 15 minutes late with the first person, he's probably going to be two hours late till the end of the day comes around. Right. So I know that that means a lot for getting getting your couple in front of their guests and things like that. So it kind of just trickles down throughout the day. So timing is super, super important. Wow. But I think, I mean, the key idea that I really took away from that was the significance of communicating, proactively communicating really with two people ahead of time. One, the makeup artist actually making the effort. We've talked about this idea, I think, before in our Workflow Wednesday series 
uh, Rich Smith uh, is, is one of the guests that we have on there regularly. For those of you listening in, if you haven't heard the Workflow Wednesday series, make sure you check it out. We've been doing this for a long time. But one of the things that Rich does proactively is to reach out to vendors that are on that list that the bride provides um, ahead of time for the sake of the relationship. I think that's a really, really great idea. So you're not just showing up randomly, meeting these people the first time the day of. And there's an opportunity, I mean, we talked about the idea of collaboration. There's an opportunity for more significant collaboration or more a smoother collaboration, if you will, with that communication. But then you talked about the significance of communicating uh, the importance of the timeline when it comes to makeup with the bride ahead of time, kind of encouraging that idea because maybe she will pay a little bit more attention to the photographer because of her perspective or because of his perspective. And so the, the, the idea of emphasizing that uh, than the importance of timing with the bride ahead of time, especially with regards to the makeup, because it really does start the whole day and then everything kind of has a domino effect from there, right? It does, yes. Um, I think that's really, really great. These are really practical ideas and I'm sure that we could get into to way more depth with this topic. We're For those of you listening in, you may have heard kind of background noise. They're actually getting ready for lunch around us, which is what all that noise was for. So uh, we don't have a whole lot of time left here, but what I'd love to do is maybe share with our listeners again where you are online, social media, so that they can maybe potentially reach out to you if they have questions about how they can better collaborate with makeup artists in their market, um, that they could do that. Would you be willing to do that? Of course. So the website is beautifuldreamteam.com. Okay. And if you go to the contact page, you can send me a message through there. It will go to my assistant, but it will come to me okay. eventually. Perfect. And um, you could also email me at Jacqueline at beautifuldreamteam.com. That comes directly to me. And my Instagram, my personal portfolio on Instagram is at Makeup for Weddings. And the four is the number four. Okay. Yeah, so that's pretty much it. Perfect. I mean, and if you want to read about me, there's a little about page on our website so you can read about me and... All that good stuff. Well, I really appreciate you making time for us today amidst all the craziness, too. I'm, on, um, I'm honored to be here. Perspective is huge. I, 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 and there's endless perspective to be had, certainly as photography business owners. It's wonderful to have a, the perspective of a makeup artist. Kind of a different thought process um, to have that on the podcast today has been really wonderful. So thank you for making time for us. Thank you, Nathan. Thanks so much for listening to the Boca podcast today. Will you let us know what you think by leaving a review of the podcast in iTunes or maybe in the Apple podcast app? And I'd love to hear from you personally with your thoughts about the podcast, maybe suggestions about future topics and guests for the show. My direct email is nathan at photographersedit.com. The Boca podcast is brought to you by Photographers Edit, custom image editing for the wedding and portrait photographer. Just visit photographersedit.com. Dot com.